We have to go back! everyone welcome back to the flashback flicks retro movie podcast i'm ricky i'm grayson and we are smack dab in the middle of a Shyamalan-a-thon. oh we really are now <laughs> last time uh, we reviewed signs and yeah. this week we're reviewing the village next week we review unbreakable because we're doing the Shyamalan-a-thon in celebration of the movie glass but mm. before we get to unbreakable what is more unbreakable than that of a bond of a village. Oh, yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. I guess when you think about it, all of his movies could have been called Unbreakable. Ah, <laughs> uh, Yeah, and so just to take you back to the year 2004, uh, 2004 was the year that this movie came out, and it was marketed heavily as a mystery and thriller, actually more of a monster movie yeah. um, about uh, this village that contains villagers who believe that the woods surrounding their little hamlet inhabit by supernatural creatures and fear to venture on the outside. Uh, now, I remember this movie uh, largely being just like, oh no, a monster movie! Look out for the monsters! Mm -hmm. uh, and going back, you see how also star-studded this movie is. This was actually oh, yeah. Bryce Dallas Howard's like film debut she actually did a lot of theater before right uh, this was before lady in the water yeah uh, but you know we still did back-to-back -back Shyamalan movies with Joaquin Phoenix and music by Thomas Newton Howard so certainly has a type no way to get away from it and the same sheriff from signs oh yeah you're right so, but he'll do that a lot he'll kind of cross over actors uh back-to-back uh, where he used Bruce Willis in Sixth Sense, and then Unbreakable, and then Joaquin Phoenix in Signs, and then The Village, and then he kind of layered it by having Bryce Dallas Howard in The Village, and then Lady in the Water. Uh, and then he was like, you know what? I'm not bringing anybody back. <laughs> yeah. Now, The Village, Grayson, uh, it does have a twist ending. Um, but before we get into that twist ending, uh, I do want to share a couple of fun facts with you, uh, just about the movie as a whole. Uh, now, The Village almost earned uh, R rating by the MPAA uh, because of the sound of Noah stabbing Lucius. Uh, Shyamalan oh. removed the sound effect, and he actually thought that the scene worked better without it. Yeah, it's more surprising. I remember when I saw it in theaters, I gasped. Well, the whole theater gasped. Yes. Because we like, you don't know what happened until you see it. Yeah. But if you had heard the like, oh, great, now our podcast has an R rating. <laughs> what have you, <laughs> you done, Grace? <laughs> I've ruined us. <laughs> uh, if you had heard it before you saw it, then it wouldn't be as shocking when it's revealed. Yeah. Right. Um, and and I, that actually made it like creepier for me. Um, and the whole cast uh, went through 19th century boot camp uh, training to play the villagers, which I think they really just locked the doors of the set and they said, figure it out. <laughs> uh, and that's how that's how it happened. Uh, the village is also mostly just a failed reality TV show where they said, all right, we're just going to let the cameras roll and see uh, when they realize this is part of their boot camp training. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that that sounds like some headcanon, Ricky. Oh, dang it! So <laughs> so early, so early in the wow. episode. Uh, wow! Now, wow! You need the suspense of Shyamalan. <laughs> I need to have the patience of Shyamalan too. So I just want to get to the twist so early. Uh, 
<laughs> now, uh, the village did really well in the box office. Actually, before I go into the box office thing, uh, the twist was revealed. It was leaked in the script. The movie ended at said point in the twist, but then they kept on doing reshoots to add on to the ending so that it wasn't as known by everyone. Because Shyamalan, at this point in time, is well known for his twists. Right. Uh, but even with his you know, twist out there, uh, you know, in the ether, uh, the movie still did amazingly well. Uh, with right. a estimated budget of $60 million, it made a total of $256 million worldwide. Whoa. That's so, a nice return, yeah. It's, it's real good. That's real good. You can buy a lot of landscape <laughs> for that. Now, this film uh, also is a landmark film for Shyamalan. Uh, this is the last film to be released on VHS of M. Night Shyamalan's films is also the only M. Night Shyamalan film that doesn't have a Blu-ray version because the purest form to watch The Village is on VHS. He's like, oh, Blu-ray? No thanks. You need to watch this in the oldest format possible. Yeah, I'd love to see uh, just a shadow puppet show of The Village. I think that's probably how they would watch their own story. Yes. Through... Yeah. Shadow Puppets. Yep. Now, you mentioned the twists. I actually think that this movie has three individual and distinct twists. Yeah. So I think that helps it as well. And um, just as a disclaimer, yeah. which we should have done in every other episode, we, we yeah. spoiled something. Now's your time to go watch The Village. It's on Netflix before we get into <laughs> the twist. Um, yeah. You've been warned. Because we're going we're gonna to talk about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think cannot this has... believe he was dead the whole time. <laughs> That's the twist that he would use the same twist twice. <laughs> uh, it's just a matter of time. It really is. Yeah. People will respect it. Uh, yeah, I think there are three individual twists here and, um, the main one, and, and that's why I was thinking, people don't really spoil this movie a ton. It's not like Sixth Sense. Oh, really, Grayson? I would beg to differ. Did this get spoiled for you? Grayson, this was the first movie to ever be spoiled for me. Of all movies. Of all movies. Grayson, not many people know where they were when they had the a movie first be spoiled for them. Oh, I remember where I was. Oh, where, where were you? I was in Mr. Burns' sixth grade biology class, mm-hmm. and uh, they spoiled the ending of Identity. And I thought, Sam Simmons... I dislike you. I liked him up to that point, but that's when I was like, oh, spoilers ruin friendships. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. See, me, Grayson, I was standing firmly on the second story of a YMCA uh, where all great memories are formed. Uh, And I I remember we were reading a physical newspaper because it was an old-timey flashback. We were trying to decide what movie we were going to see because as a field trip, we were going to go see a movie. Oh, wow. They weren't. <laughs> they were like, hey, you know what, kids? We've watched enough movies here. Let's We've exhausted all out. possibilities. Our library is tapped. Yep. It is time to venture out beyond these walls <laughs> yes. and view some cinema collectively. Okay. Yeah. And I remember they were like, let's go see the village. And then someone said, you know the ending, right? And it just got spoiled, like right then and there. Wow. And wow. I don't know if it's like a membership thing at the YMCA, but that kid's 
needs to be revoked, whatever yes. it is. Oh, I agree. Uh, yeah. So this was actually my first time actually watching The Village in its entirety because I had not seen it prior. Uh, oh, so what did you end up seeing? I think, like, I don't know, Mystery Man probably. Uh, but yeah, so this was actually my first time watching the movie. And you were right. There are multiple twists to this movie. Um, and yeah. not at all what I expected that to be. Like, even though, like, and the twist that was real to me was that it's modern day times. It's just like, well, that's the main one. That, cause, yeah, because that's really the big one. Yeah. Um, and then, but, and that's why they saved that one for last, just to get everything out on the table. The initial twist being that the founders are the monsters mm-hmm. or the creatures. And then the second twist being kind of in that chase scene, because we, now that we know that the monsters aren't real and one shows up, when she's in the woods, we're like, how did, how did this happen? And then you find out that Noah has been kind of like an unofficial monster because he found the stuff. And that explains why all those animals were dying and why we saw conversations where the founders were confused and things like that. Right. And then the third one being that it's modern day. And so they incrementally, they stack these twists. And I, I think that, uh, kind of played to the, the, why this movie was successful that people were like, Oh, I didn't get one twist. I got three twists all yeah. within the course of like 15 minutes. Oh so, yeah. Yeah. Well, and the, uh, an interesting thing is that of Shyamalan's earlier films, this one was actually one of the more polarizing films because mm-hmm. this movie was marketed as like a monster movie. Uh, yeah. but really it was just a super romantic movie that had yeah. monsters about it. Uh, I personally, I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, I mean, who wouldn't be Pride and Prejudice? And I just got some real strong Pride and Prejudice vibes. I just was like, I, I just, I basically call Joaquin Phoenix Mr. Darcy several times. I'm just like, tell her how you feel, Darcy. Just tell her how you feel. And when, oh man, I just, I was just a big ball of just emotions. Just with every, like that whole love story, I loved more than anything, I'm just like, he just loves her so much, and it's Victorian time, so he can't, he doesn't know how to, how to, how to love so hard. I just, it's too much. It's too, too much. much. <sighs> I love that. But yeah, a lot of people were just like, oh man, we wanted a monster film, and we got love. The biggest monster <laughs> <Sorry>. of all. <laughs> I think one of the things that they did that I just really loved uh, that you don't really see in a lot of movies is that um, they kind of switch the protagonists on you. You know, like you think kind of like Psycho. They're like, oh, you know, this is all about the walking Phoenix and his journey. Like, it's going to be about him. It's like, nope, this is about Bryce Dallas Howard and how she's yeah. going to figure out or not figure out this whole story. Like, Yeah, walking Phoenix doesn't have lines after halfway through the movie. Yeah, right? Because yeah. he's just filled with so much emotion. He's just filled with so much knife. <laughs> he, he really was. Yeah, I really enjoy The Village. I actually, I saw it in theaters, and but I, I re-watched it just a few years ago. It was probably the most recent one, like two years ago. I, I had watched it. And yeah, I pick up on different stuff every time. I picked up on different stuff when I rewatched it last night. And um, it's just, I don't know, it's... The world building that he does, I think, lends itself well to rewatching and uh, not just world building, but Pennsylvania building. Because I didn't realize till I watched this, I was like, man, all of his stuff takes place like in and around Philadelphia. 
Uh, and I never realized that. It's like Stephen King with Maine. Yeah. Um, so I, I want to see Shyamalan's Castle Rock. Where yeah. is that? Where is it? Um, but yeah, I saw this in theaters in New York. That was kind of a big thing for me. It was oh, wow. the first movie I ever saw in New York City. And that's like one of the most distinct memories I have from that trip is, is watching The Village. And it became kind of a tradition whenever I would travel or when I go on vacation with my family that we would see a Shyamalan movie on the road. It just kind of worked out that way. So we're like, all right, we saw The Village in New York. Uh, I think we saw... Lady in the Water on a trip to Austin. Nice. Uh, I saw The Happening in St. Louis. <laughs> um, I went south of the 10 to see The Visit. Uh, wow. Yeah. That's just like a little bit of L.A. highway humor for you. <laughs> so when I was on that trip to New York, I read a USA Today interview that they had done with Shyamalan. And uh, in that interview, in the article, I remember very distinctly him talking about the creatures in this movie. Yeah. And he didn't describe them or anything like that. Uh, all he said was like in every movie that he does, whether it's um, like a physical monster or a more mental monster, he's like, I try to reveal uh, the monster as late as possible mm. in it's like full wide shot view of what this monster is. He goes, I'd, I'd rather piece it out bit by bit. Yeah. And that blew my mind as a kid. I was like, he's right. That makes so much sense. That's why it's a thriller. Yeah. If you knew everything up front, you wouldn't be thrilled. Right. It made all the sense in the world to me. And um, and he's he's done that uh, in, a, in a lot of his films, a lot of his, his really great ones. Uh, we saw it in Signs where you see like a leg. First you see the signs and then you see like a leg or like uh, a little bit here, a little bit there. Even in the final confrontation, you saw it like in a reflection and right. then you see it full screen. And in this one, they definitely do that. You see it out of focus in the background. Mm. Such a creepy shot. Oh, yeah. It's like walking towards the house and you're like, just focus, rack focus. I want to see what this thing is. Yep. And, uh, and to his credit, like he said all that about not wanting to reveal it and it's always scarier in the mind of the viewer. Yeah. To his credit, this costume is terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Like those quills and like all the feathers, yeah. like after seeing you just like you see the full height and body of the monster, you're like, I wanna see that thing. Get it out of here. Yeah. Like it was, it was like, oh, terrifying. Okay. That, that's gross. Like, that's real gross. But then you realize the real monsters were the people who just let this happen. <laughs> well, I was talking with my wife about this, like all the implications of this. I'm like, okay, great. If they started this in like the 70s, they don't know mm. about the internet. Like, yeah. like they, they know about phones. Like e even if they were to try to go into society, it would be like a much more tragic season of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Um, it's just like... Unbreakable. <laughs> 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 yeah, like they they don't know about the internet. They don't know like like there's just already such they there's a generation of knowledge that they are missing. There's 30 years worth of knowledge that they're missing um, yeah. about just society. And then it's like even let's just say this goes on for like another 30 years. Then they mm. don't know how Twitter works. They don't know uh YouTube or uh, Snapchat or any of those other things, and then 30 more years, they don't know about bleep blorp or you know, holograms. Yeah. 
I think if they had left at the end, they just would have been like, I'd like to go back now, yeah, please. No. I see. Yeah. I see what the elders were doing. Yeah. No, let's go back. Yes. Good call. Yeah. Yeah. Just stop with all the scariness. <laughs> it's nice here. <laughs> just cut it out. Just be nicer to people. Yep. yep. What was that? I think that was the head cannon. Head cannon. <laughs> head cannon is a part of the show where we share a few unique ideas about the movies and untold stories based. Nope, I, I thought I was going to get it. I really thought I was going to get it. <sighs> Evidence provided by the film. You had One it. of these years. The year was 1890. <laughs> Ricky said head cannon by memory for the first time. Just kidding. Hasn't happened yet. <laughs> That's the twist. <laughs> Headcast is the part of the show where we share a few unique ideas about movies and untold stories based on evidence provided by the film. My biggest piece of headcanon is that yeah, yeah. Um, Jesse Eisenberg uh, is the next person who ventures out and he makes the social network. Uh, oh, that's- I thought you were going to take it somewhere else, that this was uh, in the DC universe and oh. this was how Lex Luthor met the Joker. Oh, man, that's really yeah. good. All right, that one too. Uh, also, but yeah, no, I, li- I like that Facebook is the reactionary uh, move of Jesse Eisenberg yeah. being like, you know what? More internet. <laughs> wow. Uh, I'm going to do the complete opposite and completely throw myself into technology. And just the idea that Mark Zuckerberg actually grew up on like a commune. Yes. Yeah. It only and makes then sense. got into Harvard. Yeah. Yeah. He's like he just fills out his application with a quill. If you had invented cornbook, <laughs> you would have invented cornbook. Well, we can't deny he's brilliant mind, but everything is about corn with this kid. Well, what's this corn business? That's my biggest piece of head candy, Grayson. Oh, that's good. I like the it. social network. Yeah. He's not in it a lot, but like I like his stump scene. Yeah. What I what I like about the stump thing is it it built into like the rituals and the kind of the the next logical step of what they would do. What I also liked is that it solidified that we did back-to-back movies where Joaquin Phoenix holds an unbeatable record. Um, No one's going to stand on that stump longer. Nice. So I had just a bunch of tiny head cannons. Oh, adorable. So my first one, and I thought this was astounding that uh, Judy Greer's character. Yeah. Her name is Kitty in this. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, well, that's just sitting there. Okay, so let's figure that out. So this is the one where Kitty says goodbye to Lucius. And she left the community. Like, when her sister comes back, everything kind of shakes out. And she's like, I'm leaving the community. Uh, But she still wanted someone to follow because she was so used of, like, the structure. So she attached herself to George Bluth Sr., and because she was brought up in these, like, modest ways, she just rebels and starts flashing people. Say goodbye to these. Say goodbye to... That's Kitty Sanchez. Wow. Uh, formerly Kitty Walker. Yeah. That's great. Uh, my second one is that Lucius uh, is actually Ethan Hunt's child from Mission Impossible. Oh. <laughs> Uh, so Ethan was married to Sigourney Weaver then, and he was killed on a mission, and his body was dumped in the East River. Um, so Sigourney Weaver uh, decided to leave the crazy world of international espionage and uh, took the, the quiet life of wow. the village. And then, uh, <laughs> let's see. Okay, we'll do one where you have, <laughs> where you have um, Judy Greer and Bryce Dallas Howard uh, 
They're sisters. I believe they're sisters in Jurassic World. They are, yeah. As well. So they're still sisters, but it turns out that this is just a smaller uh, section of Jurassic Park called Jurassic Village. And that's how she got the job. (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah, Jurassic Village. Wow. Uh, Just play the Jurassic Park theme on a a panpipe. And then, uh, so this is going to be... This is my fourth one. Yeah, this is a spoiler. I'm saying this. I don't know how our our audience listens to this and what setting. Yeah. If you are listening to this uh, with a child who still finds magic in the holiday traditions of Santa Claus, maybe don't have them listen to this next headcanon. What are you about to do, Grayson? I believe that this is an allegory for Santa Claus. That uh, the rituals of like putting out the 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 meat is like putting out the cookies. That uh, you create this system of fear through punishment to make people act correctly. Uh, having the naughty and nice list, you have and this is the big spoiler. Last chance, you have adults. You have parents who are dressing up like another thing, like a creature. <laughs> Uh, the creature being Santa Claus, dressing him up uh, to become this thing, sneaking around at night, wearing red, and uh, oh. that this is this is how Santa Claus Grayson, happens. How amazing would it be if the twist was that it was just Santa Claus? It was like, Santa. The thing it was Krampus. That we don't is what see. it is? Yeah. <laughs> the thing we don't see. Is that like the big reveal is that they go into the pit and it's just Tim Allen like, oh, oh, man, I love that. That that's really good. It's called those we don't speak of. Uh, Yeah, that would be Shyamalan's greatest twist is that he actually made a Christmas movie and released it in July. Christmas Uh, in July. Um, And then my final headcanon and it's my final because this is probably my favorite one is that this is actually a community jigsaw disciples. Um, so the people who have had trauma, they created a new life from their pain, very jigsaw S. Uh, and I believe it's actually the support group that we saw in the last, uh, original series of, of saw. You saw that group. I think that group probably left and made this community. Um, and they carry a lot of the same icons. They have the pig's head. They have the red cloaks. They're performing surgery on themselves. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that these are just jigsaw disciples, but have taken the nonviolent approach to it. They use the fear without the violence. Wow. Wow, that is so amazing. Five mini headcanons. Wow. And when put together, you get a megazord of headcanons. You get a pig monster dressed for rain. <laughs> I love it. That is really solid. Those are all really great. Thank you. Now it's time to go into the part of the show where we talk about recast and remakes. Recast. Remake. If this movie were to be made today, who would you cast? What would the storyline be? I personally would love to see um, just switching directors. I would love to see The Village, but taken on by uh, Jordan Peele. I oh, yeah. just basically just take a predominantly black cast um, mm-hmm. and just see the village unfold because I feel like whatever twists and turns that he would come up with would be yeah. amazing. I can't wait for a Shyamalan Peel mashup. Oh, man. Us looks incredible. Right? 
uh, yeah, it's like, guys, get in a room together. Just work on something together. Yeah. yeah. Because, like, I don't know. Like, us looks like my brain is going to get wrinkled. And I don't, I'm yeah. not ready for that. And I would love to see both of them kind of take on uh, a, a, this story in a new way. Like, I feel like that's the only way for them to. Because I, I was looking at this movie. I'm like, man, I would love it if they remade this movie or even had a sequel and i was like maybe the sequel could like follow the next generation it's been like a couple of years uh well that was the thing is the photos and i didn't notice this before the photos during the credits they indicate that the community went on it continued to exist and got older and uh there's a lot you could do there yeah the whole next generation yeah like Degrassi. Yeah, call yeah. it The Village the Next Generation, and they just start playing whatever it takes on instruments that they invent. <laughs> I don't get that reference. <laughs> Let us know if you got that reference. Uh, we're at Flashback Flicks. Um, but yeah, I, I think that that would be a really cool remake. Uh, as far as recasting goes, um, I would love it um, if they basically got just the cast of new girl that's all i want to see i want to see the cast of new girl i want nick to be uh joaquin phoenix's character um mm. i would love to see zoe de chanel <laughs> as bryce dallas house character um, nick would be such a bizarre joaquin phoenix character because when they're like on the porch yep. and he's like i want you to like let me lead when i want to lead yeah. Ah, why do I have to explain myself to you? Like, it's not good enough? Oh, just come on. Yeah. yeah, no, I think that would have been great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's that's what that's what I want to see. I'm going to go out there. <laughs> I'm going to get some medicine. The pe- you guys are acting crazy. People need... Why would you tell me that story? Yes, our flawless Jake Johnson yep. impressions that we've never practiced. We all need to practice when it's perfect. Yeah. <sighs> That's good. Yeah, for my recasting, um, I would like to see Sophie Turner as the Bryce Dallas Howard okay, character. Yeah. She's from Game of Thrones and the, the newer X-Men films. Um, and then for Adrian Brody's character of Noah, Lin-Manuel Miranda, because I just saw Mary Poppins Returns. I don't know. I just think he would do a good job. Yeah. 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 And then for uh, Joaquin Phoenix, I'm going to use the same recast I had in Signs and just say Chris Pratt. Yep. It's just going to yeah, be. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but for if they were to adapt it into something else and re- remake this story, um, I think that this would be the perfect narrative for a compelling VR game. Oh, um, yeah. Like, they still really haven't figured out VR narrative. I think this uh, this would be a good step there if it hadn't been used as a film previously. Yeah. And so, like, you're in the village. You're learning the ways of the town. You have to get uh, to shelter whenever you hear the horns, all that stuff. But then something happens. It'd be super interesting to, to keep the same structure of protagonist the protagonist switch that they pull yeah. where you're walking Phoenix for the first half, but in the second half you're Bryce Dallas Howard and you're largely blind in this VR experience, except for the color you see around people Whoa. and you have to navigate your way through the woods using color. And then in the third act, and this is where it would kind of deviate, you would become Adrian Brody's character. You don't know your Adrian Brody's character yet. You don't know your Noah, uh, so you're looking through the mask and you're like, wait a minute, which which founder am I? What am I doing? Ah. And you're chasing her and you're kind of seeing both sides. 
you're chasing her. And then when you fall in the pit, that's when you get the pan out shot and see like, oh, I, I was him. Oh my goodness. I thought I, I thought he was back at the house. I just think you'd be able to pull more twists in a VR experience and uh, kind of unravel that world in a really satisfying way. M. Night Shyamalan, start writing games. All right, now we're going to go into our final segment where we give you our reasons to recommend. So, Grayson, why would you recommend the 2004 thriller The Village? I'd recommend The Village because it really is a fascinating study of fear and control. The way that he identifies that fear led them to a desire for control and that then they used control to create fear Um, He sets up that cycle so well, which is why you believe at the end that this is going to continue to go on. Um, It it took someone like Bryce Dallas Howard to venture on. And they, they even say, like, you're fearless in a way I shall never know. That's the only thing that will break this cycle. And uh, I, I just think they do a beautiful job at creating that cyclical motion of fear, control, control, fear. And um, it's got great twists. I love the stacking of the twists. But people came to expect Shyamalan twists. And that's super difficult as a writer-director to every time have to come up with a twist. I mean, most writers would be lucky to get the one twist that he was able to come up with in Sixth Sense and execute it to the degree that he did. Oh, yeah. Um, Like, you're lucky with one. And he's trying to do it almost every single time. And for him to be like, okay... Okay, no, I can deal with that. I'm going to put three twists in this movie. I think that's incredible. Yeah. So I recommend The Village. It's much slower than a lot of his other films, a lot of films in general, but even his films, uh, which tend to be on the on the slower side, at least for the first half. Um, this one is characteristically slow, uh, intentionally too, because it's supposed to be a slower time period. Right. Um, but it's very intentional. It's got great acting moments in it. And... Uh, just a super interesting story. So uh, I'm assuming that you've seen it by this point since we spoiled all of it. But if you haven't rewatched it recently, I highly recommend rewatching it on Netflix ASAP. Absolutely. Yeah. I recommend The Village because if you are, if you are like, you know what? I haven't seen a good Pride and Prejudice story in a long time. Watch The Village because... That's what this this movie is like a turn of the century love story, period. Like that's what the movie is about. Um, it's not about the monsters. It's not even about the twist that it's modern day. Uh, it's about people motivated by tragedy and love. And if that is not Jane Austen esque, then I don't know what is. M Night Shyamalan did such a great job at making. Uh, this world feels so real and all the actions by the character feel just as real. Um, and, you know, I believe that people today would just start like a village, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, I feel like they, I could easily see like a news article like, hey, someone made the village in real life and they've been living in obscurity for like 20 years. Someone just found a ladder and we're interviewing this person. I'm like, I believe that. I believe that that is a real thing because you know, this is, they made the village based off of the 70s, not even, yeah. you know, this millennium. <laughs> They're like, oh, it can't get worse than this. We're building up 
fences and we are just staying here. Uh, but yeah, so The Village is totally worth a rewatch, especially today. Um, and even if you do know the twist, watch it knowing the twist. Like, I feel like yeah. you can write off the movie like, oh, I already know the ending. No, but you need to see how they get there and how that is sprinkled throughout the whole movie. Why is it important that all of the kids think that it's 1890? They don't know. You could just tell them, like, this is what 2004 looks like. <laughs> Listen. So, oh, like, yeah, it's 1970. Yeah. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, they're fine. But, yeah, they, they do have uh, a lot of clues along the way, especially with the backstories right. that, they, uh, that they introduce. Yeah. I couldn't agree more, Grayson. So I won't. <laughs> And that is our review of The Village. Let us know what you remember about The Village on Facebook and Twitter. In both places, we are at Flashback Flicks. Also, Instagram. You know, we've been posting some more things over there. We also would love it if you could leave us a rating and review on your podcasting platform of choice. Uh, It lets people know that this podcast is, you know, a favorable uh, hue that people want to gravitate towards and not run away from. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I think I'm running out of tie-ins for this movie. Uh, on a scale of one to five rules. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I love it. Yeah, that, that'd be the second take title for this movie. Uh, rules. It would just be three simple rules for dating my teenage daughter. Yeah. I love it. And be sure to tune in next time right here on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Until next time, remember to be kind and rewind. Next time on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Uh, Unbreakable. It's Bruce Willis. It's a miracle. Unbreakable. He's Bruce Willis. And we're reviewing it next time here. It's all been leading to this. Unbreakable.